our morning cheer time. Is it the time of the day that you're able to squeak out for just a little bit and have that quiet time, that alone time? My mornings are so, so, so important to me. It's when my brain is clear. It's when I engage in reflection. It's when I do my faith practice. It's when I plan to do the most challenging and complex things because my brain still works then. So I'm really, really excited for today's guest. Today's guest is Talis Stroop, and Talis is a mom, a dancer, a business owner, and the host of the podcast, When We Arise. And I'm so excited for her to join today to talk with us a little bit about how we can make our mornings a bit more magical. Do you want to feel less scattered and more focused, but the idea of goal setting sounds like adding more pressure to your already pressure-filled life? If so, welcome to the Plan Goal Plan Podcast. I'm Danielle McGee. I'm a professor, mom, planner addict, and recovering overachiever. After years of hustle and grind, I was tired of trying harder. I was ready to try easier. At the intersection of research, practice, and play, I found a purposeful path to planning and goal setting that is fun, simple, and sustainable. If you're ready to try easier, if you're ready to make memories and do meaningful work, grab a pen. I will equip you with tools and practices to clarify purpose, reclaim time, and achieve goals playfully and lightly. Let's get started. So I had an opportunity to meet Talis a few weeks ago at a conference and we just hit it off. We're both, we're both moms, we're both business owners, we both love morning rituals and routines. And so I was really excited to get to bring her on, but could you introduce yourself to my listeners? Tell us a little bit about yourself and your story. Absolutely. Yep. I'm Talis and I am a mom, a wife as well. And I own a ballroom dance studio that I run. Yes, I, I am a ballroom dancer. That's been my professional career since I graduated from undergrad. But I also, in kind of a side hustle fashion, I'm super passionate about fueling women with a wonderful wake-up routine called a rise where we pray and we spend some time in the word and we dance. We have a dance party. It's awesome. So that's what I do. I love it. I love it. I am always into infusing delight and joy into our practices, into our routines. And so I love that you invite dance into the morning. And I think that you also do it in a way that is very safe and comfortable for people. If you're like me, I'm like, oh, have a body and I don't know what to do with it. I think that you do a really great job of creating a welcoming environment for people so that they can feel like it's a safe space. Can you explain a little bit how you do that? Yeah. So Arise was birthed during the pandemic when I selfishly needed a space to be in community and move my body. So I started inviting women from my inner circle to meet me on Zoom and I would lead a dance party. And we were doing this like every Tuesday, Thursday morning. And then they'd be like, well, I told my friend about it. Can she join? And it has really evolved. But even though it's now evolved into a, a business, which is wonderful, the things that haven't changed are the structure. So it's still over Zoom. Everybody's cameras are off except mine. It'd be weird if mine was also off. So mine's on so that I can provide kind of an example for what we're doing in this um, dance party. But everybody's there. So it's live. But cameras are off because it's not about being seen. It's about feeling that effect of the presence of the Holy Spirit as we're inviting that into our time and being there 
among so many other women, but not worrying about what you're wearing. If you even looked in the mirror before you jumped on, because it's first thing in the morning, we meet at 630 in the morning, central time. And so a lot of times like women are in their bedrooms or they're in their living rooms at home. Nobody has to worry about that performance aspect that we feel sometimes when we take a dance class in person. I love this so much. I I love the energy of it. I love the welcoming people to show up as they are. You know, one thing that I know is so challenging for myself, as well as many of the people that I work with, and probably the people that listen to this podcast too, I would guess that as like a work parent, trying to find times, weekend, even morning routine is really challenging. Do you have any specific routines that you found beneficial or any words of wisdom to help people carve out that space for themselves in the morning? I would say as a working mom of three who are under eight, I would say start small. So a rise is 45 minutes. A lot of people don't have 45 minutes in the morning and I get that, but we have 10 usually. And so sometimes even for me, There are mornings when I just close the bathroom door and I turn on some amazing worship music and I dance while I brush my teeth and I put my makeup on, but I'm dancing and that is creating blood flow and it's, it's moving endorphins throughout my system and that can be enough sometimes. So I think just starting where you are, knowing that there will be a season when we can join something like a community and we can have a whole 45 minutes to have a, a dance party uninterrupted. But maybe right now it's five or 10, couple songs on a good Spotify playlist. And if you need one, I've got one for you. I love it. I love it. So you've been doing this for a while now. Could you share any stories that have emerged from your experiences working with people where this morning routine has had a significant impact on their life. Yeah, I'll share two. I'll share one that's personal and and, and also one from somebody else. So from somebody else, I have a woman who's been doing this with me pretty much since the beginning. She's just diehard for a rise and I love it. But she told me once that she's a professional. So she does a rise before she heads to her full-time corporate job. She told me once that she had laid out her clothes and she had laid out this like navy pantsuit on her bed. And then she went and did a rise in the living room. And after she came back from doing a rise, she's like, no, today's not a pantsuit day. Today's a sundress day. So she went back to her closet and she grabbed this like yellow sundress and she spent the whole day just feeling so beautiful and free to like twirl around in her skirt. And she's like, I really feel free after I do this practice. And it reminds me of being a little girl, you know, taking dance class at the studio that she went to as a you know, seven or eight year old little girl. So that really impacted me to know that it does change how we feel in our bodies and how we see ourselves and how we allow other people to see ourselves because what we put on matters. So that's really cool. And then for me personally, I think the biggest thing has been, you know, when I started doing this, we had two children at the time and my husband works full time. So I had to get out of the house early enough to be back in time for him to go to work. And so I would leave and I'd come home to him making breakfast for the boys and I'd walk in and he was like, who is this, you know, and I'm like, what? He's like, you're just so happy, smiley. And like, what are you doing there? He didn't really know what it was yet. Cause I didn't really know what it was yet. I was just like going to the studio, meeting some women on zoom and having a crazy dance party and praying and talking to God. And I come home and he's like, okay, you, this is definitely nice. You know? So he was seeing me carry this light back into my home that I wasn't forcing, you know, I wasn't trying to bring anything in to manipulate him, but it's really helped him evolve in 
his own relationship with God and his faith. And he was just seeing a light come out of me that was not not me, but it was me shining something that is so real and so beautiful. And so, you know, when I'm able to step away and be filled up by the presence of God, then I can just be a beacon. And to have that beacon shine into our homes, first and foremost, is so important. So that's been the the biggest win to date for me with the rise. I love that. I love that you come home and your husband's like, I'll have what she's having. Yes. <laughs> well, and I think that what's so wild is that we can have these practices. We can develop these habits that just radiate joy and that it's contagious, that we can invite other people to share with us that joy. And so when we do these morning practices, a lot of times we might think about it as something that we're doing for ourselves. But really, truly, when we're able to fill ourselves, we're able to then share that with other people. How do you how do you prioritize self-care? How do you juggle that with your work responsibilities? Have you and your husband had to have conversations about creating boundaries so that in the morning you can have your morning time? Absolutely. We've we've evolved in negotiating the importance of this in my life so he can see how impactful it is. He's even said like, you're a different talist some days when you come home from a rise. And as I've shared more stories with him, as women have reached out to me and told the importance that it has in their own life, you know, he gets that this is something that that isn't going away. So I just, you know, every time I'm about to start a new session, because we I I now do it about eight weeks, we take a break, we go for eight weeks, because the ongoing every week forever got really hard when I got pregnant again. And I had I had to say, okay, guys, like I need I need a little break from a rise, but I'll be back. And it was so good when I came back. But now I just we look at his schedule and mine and we say, okay, what mornings are going to work where I can consistently know that I can get up and go and he gets the kids ready before school time and everything. So it's just been an ongoing negotiation, but I think because it is so impactful and important for me personally and the other women that are coming to do this with me, we've made it a priority. That's awesome. So one of the things that I really appreciate is, I mean, it makes so much sense because you're a ballroom dancer, right? But I love the way that you incorporate movement and feeling and into your practice. And and one thing that I really think about is I oftentimes talk about the difference between a routine and a ritual and that a routine is something that we really don't want to have to think about, right? That we habitually just start doing it. But that a ritual is something that we do consistently, but we do it with presence. And one of the things that I love is a lot of the research around ritual, almost all of the rituals do invite and incorporate our senses. And so you're bringing in the all of our senses through movement. But let's say you're someone like me who's a little bit awkward, you know, doesn't necessarily feel comfortable with movement. What are some simple ways that we could invite movement into our morning if we have limited time or maybe we have limited confidence in our ability? So one thing that I remind everybody who starts a rise with me is this this is not a program for dancers. Yes, I'm a dancer. I've been a dancer my whole life and I and I started this, but it is not for dancers. I also remind them that anything I, they see me do is an example because this is what my body knows and this is how I move, but I don't expect other people to emulate what I'm doing. And I've found from other women who do this with me that they want me to dance to my fullest ability and capacity because as humans, we we emulate what we see and it doesn't need to look the same, but the feeling, right, that I might be matching what I see is really the point. So if I dance to my biggest ability, to my fullest ability to use the skills that God has given me and the many, many hours of practice that I have had many years of, of being taught different forms of dance, 
camp, then I am giving whoever is on the other side of the screen the best possible outcome they could have because they can take, they can kind of sample from anything that I have. And so I would say it is important to have an example. If you are somebody who considers yourself like, oh, I'm not, not super skilled as a dancer, like that's, it's totally not a requirement, but it can be helpful to see an example in front of you because those, the neuroscience of it is these mirror neurons, right? Are contagious. So just like a smile, right? Is contagious. So is a plie. Like if I am going to stand in front of you, you naturally, your body wants to do what I'm doing. And so what's nice is it's not set up like a class. I've never touted this as like learn to dance this way. It's an experience that uses dance. And as women practice this more regularly and they make it a ritual that they show up for, they, they become more graceful. I had one woman tell me that she got called out at her water aerobics class for having beautiful, graceful arms. And she's like, who are they talking to me? And she's like, oh yeah, you just, all of a sudden you, you know, I just want to watch your arms. And she said, I realized it was because I've been doing a rise. Never taken a dance class before in my life. But now that I've been doing a rise, like she has more graceful arm movements. And so that's just like a great side effect and benefit for doing this and making it a practice. Just putting yourself in a room and having your camera off. You don't have to worry about what you look like, but you're able to see somebody else who has an example and go from there. I love this so much. I love one. I love that you model for them that we're going to show up fully ourselves. And if that means like showing up with the most amazing dance moves ever, then that's how you're going to show up. You know, bring your full self, you know, stepping into your potential is okay. And I think that's such an important message, especially for women, because I think that there's so many ways that we've been taught to maybe hide or that stepping into our potential and to really like embrace what God's given us is pretentious, right? Mm -hmm. Or arrogant. And yet like, you know, we've been given this for a reason and we need to share it with others. And that when you do that, you inspire others. And I also love just like modeling that I want you to watch me and be inspired, not compare and feel bad, but watch and be inspired and invite yourself move in the way that I'm. And I think that's really lovely and important. So, so wonderful. If my listeners want to connect with you, how could that? They can go to whenwearise.com. Easy. Also, I do have a podcast called When We Arise. So you can find me there too, anywhere you listen to podcasts. That's so wonderful. And you have music. You you do music stuff. I do. So you can actually on Spotify search for the playlist When We Arise. And I every time I upload a new episode to my podcast, I add new music. So it's just this ongoing great playlist for a dance party that you want to have anytime on your own. And I add new music about every week. That is such a wonderful gift. I'm ready to dance. Let's do this. Yay, let's do it. Thank you so much, Stella. Yes, thanks, Danielle, for having me. If this podcast has inspired you, guided you, or just made you laugh, the number one way that you can thank me is by leaving a written review for the show over on Apple Podcast. I'm seriously tickled every time that I hear from you all, so pop onto Instagram and follow Plan Go Plan and digital message me. I want to say hello. I want to geek out about all things planning and goal setting. Keep sensing the possibilities, y'all.